What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Hamilton Train Podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton. First off, I need to uh, basically give you a formal apology for uh, kind of falling off the grid the last like couple months with the podcast. Um, you know, just being honest, like things have been just crazy between traveling and business stuff and like uh, just all sorts of life and just the whole nine yards. You guys know how it goes. Um, the podcast just took kind of a backseat. So I apologize about that. But nonetheless, we are back today. Um, I've had this episode kind of banked for a while now. Um, and I'm super excited to get it to get it out to you. That way you can see my interview with uh, with my guests and everything. So um, now before we get into it, though, massive thank you to the official sponsor of the show, first off, uh, Flex Pro Meals, which has uh, been my biggest lifesaver. Like I've been actually working with Flex Pro now for probably like a year and a half, maybe two years uh, if I had to look. But you guys have to understand, like I could tell you like all of like like the, the, the nitty gritty, like, you know, behind like they're all chef made. It's like the Amazon Prime of, of uh, meal prep stuff, like all of that. I could like go on about that. But like the biggest reason why I use Flex Pro and why I love their products so much, like their meals is because for me, I'm, I'm guessing the same thing with you, I don't know, but like convenience is my biggest thing. Like my life is unpredictable, it's all over the place. You, you know, things are always crazy. I've got my ADHD, ADHD brain all over the place. So like for me, there are times either I don't want what I cooked or I'm just running all over the place and I just need to grab something and go. And this way, not only does the food taste amazing, but it helps keep me in line with my goals because everything is dialed in with, you know, calories and macros and protein and all that. But it's also like, I don't sacrifice my convenience or like whenever things are just in a time crunch, literally like yesterday, like I was in the middle of like finishing up work here at the house and we had to leave. And I just grabbed a meal. And when I got to where I was going, I just threw it in like in a microwave. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing is it's just convenient. Then I have another big thank you to our second sponsor, which is first form. If you're watching the video, uh, I actually have like what I call my first form shelf right here, um, where I just have all my first form stuff, massive thank you to them as well. And you have to understand this guys, like you guys know me, I'm not a big supplement pusher. Um, if you want to hear the long version of all the stuff with like supplements and my thoughts on them and like the best, best supplements, best practices, things like that, I actually have a big YouTube video on it. And I'll leave that in the description if you want to go check that out. But you have to understand the biggest thing is this. And again, I could go off on first form about how it's like it's third party tested and all of these different, you know, things around the, the company. But again, going back to like why, um, why I personally love first form so much is not only is there are their products amazing, not they, the, the on paper, they work, they, uh, they're made with quality. They have all the stuff that you really want that I look for is what, like the biggest thing that I look for in a company with everything with how they make their product, the integrity. I've, I've been studying their, their CEO for years on like business and life and things like that. But then whenever first form reached out to me about being like a sponsored athlete of, um, with them is pretty well a no brainer because for me, even if like you know, I, to be honest, I don't care like where you get your supplements from. Like if you don't use first form, that's like, that's fine. But I want you to use someone who you know is honorable and has integrity, who makes their products with good intention and with actual care where you're getting a good thing. And that's why I use first form. It's just because I know they're the best supplement company, like on the planet, in my opinion, and their studies and their reviews and everything shows that. So that's why I also want to give them a plug. Um, if you are interested in looking at what they offer, if they have what you know you take, definitely check out the link in in the bio um, in below down here somewhere, and uh, you can just go shop around on their website. But otherwise, let's get into today's episode because I am interviewing my friend Joel. So Joel, it's funny. Joel and I like 
uh, really up until this interview, like we like had a, a lot of mutual friends. So this way it was pretty well a no brainer. Like, Hey, let's, let's do, do some collab work together. I want to, I want to get her on the podcast because there are things like in the realm of like weight loss and mindset and all this stuff where like I, I teach people, but there's a level of understanding that, you know, because I am not, let's say a woman, for example, that there's a level of, of relatability that like I will never have. So this is why I wanted Joelle to get on here and talk about a lot of female fat loss, but also more than anything, I wanted to get her to talk about pregnancy because um, a big question I get a lot is questions all around pregnancy, nursing with weight loss. Um, in a lot of like postpartum stuff, but like I have never had a baby. So uh, I could tell you things from my perspective or from the scientific standpoint, but it's still different when someone else who like has been there, done that and has that exact experience is really valuable. So Joelle, when I was filming the podcast, was actually pregnant. She was, I can't remember, she was due relatively soon. And then if you like go follow her like on Instagram now, she had the baby and her and the baby are doing great and all that stuff. So you kind of see it come full circle. But um, in this episode, I wanted to basically have her dive in on all that. So we talked a lot about like female, female weight loss. We talked a lot about basically all the stuff around pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, all of that stuff. Like when you can get back into, to, to trying to lose weight, the mental shifts you have to have, all of that stuff. It was a great episode. We got into a lot. So I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to transition this into our actual interview and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, hey. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Nice. Thanks for doing sure this. I had my mic all set up for you. <laughs> I like it. How, uh, how is everything in your neck of the woods? Uh, pretty good. I am, uh, about five weeks out from, uh, popping a baby out. So that's, that's <laughs> new and exciting. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, uh, here in New York and, uh, just doing the best we can with all the craziness of life these days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I was, yeah. I, I was talking with Rico the other day cause he's, uh, who, who really turned me on to your page and stuff. And he's like, dude, you should get Joelle on your podcast. And at the time I wasn't very familiar with you. So I like looked you up and I'm like, oh shit, I've got to get Joelle on my podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I have seen your stuff floating around for a bit and I was like, me and Jared, we get each other. Like we're on the same, we're on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then like I was talking through, I was, uh, I was just with Rico in, uh, in Vegas this past weekend and I was like, Hey, uh, Joelle and I are doing a podcast on Wednesday and he's like, oh, that's what's up. And, and I, and I was like, because I knew you were far along with your, your baby. And I was like, is she going to pop? Like, I was like, <laughs> I totally get that. I'm like, is she, I know she's close, but like, like, is this no, like we got, another, we got at least another month. We got at least another month. That's, That's why I was like, I'm trying, you know, I've, I've had a few people reach out for podcasts and I was like, look, come like September, <laughs> like anything is fair game. So like, oh, let's get as much as we can done in August because when September hits, I mean, her due date is end of September. Sure. But like, you never know, you're, you're kind of like on a watch the last month or so Oh yeah. like could happen at any time now. Uh, so yeah, so we'll see, but feeling good and, uh, yeah, just excited, excited for the next chapter for sure. I bet. That's crazy. Is this your guys' first one? Yeah. That's so yep. First baby, got a little baby girl on the way. That's awesome. So yeah, 2021 has been one for the books. We bought a house, we got pregnant, we got a new car. <laughs> it's <been laughs> like we've completed the trifecta. We want right. no other life changes. Please and thank you. We're you, good. We've met our quota. <laughs> you and, completed uh, the trifecta yeah. in like a few it, months. I was like, yeah, trifecta, like pregnant house, car, got it. We're good. We're fine. 
because we were previously living in the city. Um, so when we moved back to Long Island, I don't know if you're familiar with New York at all, but when we moved back to Long Island, which is just suburbs, we were like, we need a car. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, need to get places, not on a train anymore. So yeah, it was just kind of one, one thing after the next for a few months. That's crazy. I I, I I couldn't imagine that. Like, cause I, I, I hear all my, my New York friends that happens when they like either go out to the suburbs or they like leave New York. Like a bunch of my New York friends are in like Texas right now. And they're like, yeah. I don't have a license because <laughs> they haven't had to have one for like the past, like yeah. whatever. So yeah. Yeah. I remember that happened to Jordan Syatt when he yep. moved down to, uh, to Texas. He's like, I got to get a driver's license. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Where are you located? So I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Indiana. Okay. So one of my one of my coaches is in Indiana. Solid. What area? Don't ask me where. <laughs> maybe, maybe Muncie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh that's like I, forty-five minutes from me. So I feel like I might also be saying that because it's like the only place in Indiana <laughs> that would first come to my mind. Sure. I'm totally gonna look up his address now. That's hilarious. Oh, it is Muncie. Okay, cool. it is Muncie. That's yeah. awesome. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just South of Indianapolis. So, uh, oh, okay. so I'm like, I'm like 30 minutes from everywhere. So like, nice. I want to go this way, this way, whatever, but yeah. Um, pretty centralized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, you um, got a nice little home gym set up down there. <laughs> I appreciate it. This is, that looks good. Uh, well, so especially when, uh, when COVID hit, if I can say that, um, yeah. I don't think <laughs> getting censored. Uh, so can we censor podcasts these days. I'm sure they'll find a way. It's well, yeah. I mean, they find a way to censor <laughs> fucking everything. So, um, everyone on my, everyone knows my standpoint on everything, so that's fine. Um, but uh, but no. So this was this is just our attached garage. But because I've been doing online coaching for like five years or so before okay. it was cool. Before it was like COVID happened. Before and stuff, school, right? Yeah. Um, and I've always worked best when I have like a specific Jared space, like an office. Sure. Um, so when we bought this house and we don't use this area for our cars. And, uh, so we basically just pimped it out. So it's like my workout space, my podcast yeah. studio, my office. So that's when nice. I, so it's your yeah. garage. Yeah. So it's an attached garage that we gotcha. finished out like it, uh, and everything. So, um, but this way, when I awesome. go in the house, I can at least have the best chance of shutting off my brain. Yeah. Uh, it's a separate space. Yeah. Yeah. Neurological associations a bitch. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, when we moved to this house, we were like, let's make the, the garage into a gym, but it's only a one car garage. Yeah. It's not, it's not a ton of space. And we're right. like, okay, so we, do we then lose the garage for all things storage, all things cars and give it up for the gym? And also like one, we love our gym too. It's like four minutes away. So mm. it's very close to home. And because I'm working from home full time now, there's a part of me that's like, yes, it would be really convenient to have a gym in our garage, but also I literally won't see daylight or other humans for days at a time. If my gym is home too. Yeah. So we're like, let's just wait a few months and we'll wait it (laughs) out. We'll see. I think maybe when the baby comes, we'll be like, okay, it would be really nice to just like pop into the garage, get some sets in while she's napping for, you know, a half an hour, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and, and so we'll see, we'll, we'll see long story short right now. It's just a bunch of storage and, mm-hmm. you know, lawn mowers and <laughs> snow blowers and, you know, it's sure. just a bunch of storage right now. We haven't stuck cars in it anyway, but it's got high ceilings and I'm like, oh, okay, good for, for gym. Right. No kidding. We could overhead press and like not take off the ceiling. So, 
uh, yeah. So I, I, I envy that garage gym over there. That's funny. <laughs> well, this is, this is, uh, it's about one and a half car garage. So it's not too okay. big, but this is its sole purpose. Like it is, yeah. it's like, I have like my You're like my, studio office yeah. gym. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, but I totally resonate when you said, you know, if I don't, ha- if I have this here, I will go days without seeing other humans. <laughs> it's my husband's I, like, you got to get out of the house sometimes. Like the gym yeah. is your only social outlet yeah. these days. Well, so the nice thing That's for me true. is my, my wife will like, if I'll be, if I'm home for like three or four days without like leaving, my wife is like, Hey, I love you, but you, Are you okay? like, yeah, you need <laughs> to go, you need to go do something now. Thankfully though, my t- two of my main hobbies, I do have to leave the house. Uh, I do jujitsu about four days. Oh, cool. Day. So I do have to go see other people. And then, um, a lot of times if I have just a lot of like computer or client w- work or whatever, I'll like go set up at like a cigar lounge somewhere. And yeah, that's cool. That's content. a good idea. So basically forcing myself to leave. So. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, uh, I, when we were in our apartment previously in New York city, we were in a one bedroom apartment and my husband who normally doesn't work from home was working from home. And so the two of us are sharing work from home in a one bedroom apartment. Mm. And so we were just on top of each other all the time. So when we moved to a house, I was like, I have an office. Yeah. <laughs> I have an office. I love it. Um, so now I have my office here. I get my podcast stuff set up and I have a closet and this big window in front of me and all my work stuff in here. So it's it definitely feels so much better and so much more conducive in terms of work environment to like yeah. have your own space. Yeah. I could not do, I could not do like kitchen table work any longer. Um, or God forbid, like, you know. Brant, my husband would be on calls. I'd be recording voice memos for clients and we'd, one of us would have to be in the bedroom. And I'm like, I oh. cannot work in the bedroom. I will never sleep yep. because my brain will not, not shut, shut off. off. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're grateful to be in a house where we have a lot more space now. And we each kind of have our designated office spaces and, and that definitely, definitely helps. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. That's, that's, that's neurolo- <laughs> neurological association is a big, yeah, it's and it tough. is, it is a it's thing. tough. For sure. Well, I'll even see that with like with clients, people who can't sleep. And I'm like, what all do you do in your bedroom outside of sleeping mm-hmm. sex? And they're like, oh, well, I edit photos for my side business. I answer yeah. emails and I help kids with homework and I play video games. And I'm like, okay, fucking stop. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's where I'm scrolling. It's where I'm shopping on my laptop. It's yeah. 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 We're, we're, I'm sure you talk about this a lot with coach with uh, clients too. We're, you know, big on sleep hygiene and sleep routine. And like, mm-hmm. what are you doing in the two hours before bed? Yeah. And bedroom is just for sleep and sex, nothing else. Yeah. Um, but that's, it's hard for people. It's hard for mm-hmm. people, especially I feel like parents who are like, it's their like safe space to get away from their kids or yeah. like any of that. I think it, it can be, it can be really tough for people, but it's, it's an under underestimated, you know, avenue. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, today I was wanting to specifically get in with you stuff all I'm sure this is what everyone's talking with you about all around pregnancy and weight loss because I'm a big meathead and I get and most I coach mostly women, right? Me and my team coach, coach mostly women. Sure. But I get the most insane questions around preg pre post intro pregnancy and weight loss. Um but I can't have ch- children inside me, so I would rather get someone who <laughs> can have children inside them or sure. have children, child inside them yeah. and talk about this stuff because it's, it's just a, from a relatability standpoint, it's like, there's that gap. So if there's something that I physically can't do, um, I would rather have someone, someone else. else. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So that yeah, way it's sure. like, ha anyway, 
Yeah, uh, I think uh, certainly as I've, you know, shared different chapters of my journey, obviously this is my first time being pregnant. So, you know, like now every time I throw up a Q&A, it's like eight zillion pregnancy questions. I'm like, oh, but I feel bad for everyone else who doesn't give a crap about pregnancy content. So I put up a Q&A this morning and I was like, health and fitness questions only because I'm yeah. like, I still got to <laughs> nurture my audience that yeah. doesn't care I'm growing a child. Yep. Um, but yeah, for sure. It's come along with a lot of questions and has prompted me to do a lot of, you know, additional research on pregnancy and weight gain and exercise, you know, being safe or what's okay, mm -hmm. what's not okay. And core health and pelvic floor health. And those were all just super new things to me. Um, you know, certainly I had coached women that were pregnant or postpartum. Um, but when it's yourself, it's a whole lot different. So yeah, happy to, happy to talk about any of that oh, for right. sure. So, so, so on that, on that, what were, what were some, especially like big mental shifts you had to make going into pregnancy with yourself? Um, or like when you work with someone like, you know, let's say someone still has fat loss goals predominantly, but they're like, shit, I'm knocked up. So mm -hmm. I, I like, I can't just be hardcore yeah. dieting. Like what's your, your stuff going into that? Yeah, I do get a lot of questions about that too, Jared, because uh, especially for the women that were like, I was dieting, like I was in a dieting phase and I got pregnant and I don't want to gain all of this weight now. Um, I was doing so good or I was finally, you know, dieting and uh, successfully and now I'm growing this baby. And there absolutely is easier said than done, but there absolutely is a mindset shift that has to take place. Um, because your goal can no longer be fat loss while you are growing a child. Um, it's not safe. It's not healthy. Um, unfortunately, there are very kind of arbitrary numbers and guidelines slash recommendations um, about pregnancy and weight gain. And certainly we could talk more about that, but there's really no clear one size fits all approach to how much weight someone should be gaining. We kind of have rough estimations and, and general guidelines about, um, you know, where doctors want to see people's weights throughout their pregnancy. And those are typically based on pre-pregnancy weights. Sure. So to speak quite candidly, someone that is obese and gets pregnant, they want to see them gain less weight mm. than someone who was underweight and then getting pregnant, they want to see that person gain more weight. Typically, um, what I've kind of learned is your body's kind of going to do what it needs what to do. It yeah. It kind of is just going to do whatever happens. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that are like, you know, how do, how do you, uh, how do you, how did you keep your weight gain? Like all in your belly, like you're all belly. And I'm like, genetics. Like yeah. I didn't get a choice. I didn't do anything differently that made me gain weight the way that I did. Um, and I remember even, uh, there there's been a few times where my doctor has had to go, uh, emergency deliver babies. And mm. so I didn't get to see my usual doctor. They called in, um, someone else instead, you know, a, a different doctor, a different PA for that day. Um, and a, a few weeks back, she said something to me about my weight and, and I'm up about, <sighs> let's see, I'm, I'm 35 weeks tomorrow for reference out of 40 weeks. Um, and I'm up maybe 28 to 30 pounds. Um, and so when I had seen this doctor a few weeks ago, I was probably at around, uh, 25 pounds, you know, of an increase. 
And she, it, not my typical doctor, doesn't know my history, doesn't right. know my coach, doesn't know I work out multiple days a week and lift weights and walk 10,000 steps a day and whatever. And she was like, Hey, um, you know, we're, we're a little concerned about, you know, your weight. And I'm sitting here like, a lady, like, as you're, uh, as you're still lean and healthy, like. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Knowing that I'm healthy, number one. Um, and, and it's, it's not her fault in the sense that she certainly doesn't know my history. She didn't know anything about me. It was my first time ever meeting her. She was a PA, um, not my midwife or not an OBGYN. And, um, and what she also didn't know, and this is probably what felt the most dangerous to me, uh, was that, I'm, I'm a recovered anorexic. Mm -hmm. So when you sit there and you're talking about mm -hmm. weight gain to any patient and you know, nothing of their previous dieting right. history. Dangerous. Yeah. It's a real slippery slope. And again, I don't, I don't fault her cause she didn't know, but I think that things could have been posed differently. Yeah. Her approach was, um, Hey, yeah, you're, you're kind of at the top of the, the weight gain chart. You know, you're like 25 weeks. You still have a good bit of pregnancy left and you're already, you know, you've already gained a good amount of weight. She said, so, um, you know, you're going to have to start being really careful about nutrition, no carbs, no salt, oh uh, no sugar, nothing white. She said, I know it's summer and you're going to want to eat fruit, but fruit is way too high in sugar. You know, cut out all fruit. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start with you. Like, that's like and the worst like, advice. Everyone's to like, eat. I hope you ripped her apart. And I was like, I didn't. I fucking sat there and I took it because I was so flabbergasted. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know where to start with you. Like, so yeah. I just, I, I went, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like eyes rolling back in my head. Yup. Uh-huh. Like I yupped her to death. Um, because I was just like, I don't even know how to get into this. And there was there was a part of me that was angry because I was like, this yeah. is dangerous information. And there was also a part of me that was slightly triggered, like old eating disorder, Joelle, slightly triggered about like, who the F do you think you are? I just walked in here. I have been loving pregnancy. I've had an extremely healthy pregnancy. I've worked out my entire pregnancy. My you know, gestational diabetes test came back perfectly fine. My blood sugar is totally fine. Um, my doctor, my actual midwife has never said anything no. to me about, you know, my weight. And here you are like telling me to not eat fruit. And, and I'm like, I know better but the other person who doesn't yeah. know better, who just came into your office and got called fat by their doctor and was now told to not eat carbs. Right. Well, now what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? They're going to go home. They're going to start choosing the potato chips instead of the fruit because the potato chips have no sugar. Yep. And now they're not getting those nutrients. They're afraid to eat carbs. They're afraid mm -hmm. to eat fruits and vegetables. And they're going to go in for their next appointment and their doctor's going to say, Hey, your bet, your baby's measuring small. Are you eating enough? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was really like, Oh, it just, it irked yeah. me. You can't tell it, it irked me. And I actually went on Instagram when it happened and I ranted about it. And there was a girl that messaged me and I will never forget it. She said there was a, there was a girl that messaged me that that exact scenario happened where she said, I didn't know better. My doctor said, cut out all carbs. You're gaining too much weight. She said, and so I did. And then I went for my next appointment and they were like, your baby's measuring really small. She's not getting enough nutrients. We're really concerned now. We need you to start coming in every week because now you're a high risk pregnancy because wow. your baby's not growing. And I'm like, 
this is the problem. Well, like, like even, this is the problem. Well, even like, like, I mean, I agree a thousand percent, but even like, let's say pregnancy wasn't on the table. That's just like garbage fucking information anyway. Like, um, like that, like that's, that's what irks me the most is like, let's say someone's just overweight or obese and they go to the doctor and the doctor's first recommendation is that. And it's like, like the amount of stories I've heard of people going oh, to the doctor, yeah. they weigh, you know, 300 plus pounds. And the doctor goes, yeah, eat a thousand calories of a keto yeah. diet. Um, and fruit is cardio. Bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is some of the worst fucking advice yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I could definitely go on an entirely yeah. other tangent <laughs> about, uh, about medicine and nutrition and the massive, massive disconnect that there is there. Um, but I've just, I've seen it over and over again. Um, especially during pregnancy, um, especially during pregnancy, I've gotten, I actually switched doctors about halfway through my pregnancy wow. because the first guy that I was seeing, uh, was don't exercise. Exercise is, is, uh, not good for you and, um, don't eat anything white, no salt, no sugar, uh, no flour. And I was like, deuces, we, yep. we are not going to yeah, agree here. And that is way too like significant a thing to be wrong about, yeah. especially the no exercise. I'm like the, the ACOG, right. Which is the gu- guidelines for, uh, for pregnancy and, and OBGYNs, you know, they give, uh, specific guidelines for, um, for exercise and, uh, what's safe, what's okay, what's not okay. And I'm like, you're so behind with the times that your, your overarching like organization that you're supposed to be abiding by the ACOG, ACOG, those are like your rules that Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be following. And you're not, you're so like outdated. You don't even know that that exercise is okay during pregnancy. It's more than okay. It's It's, it's suggested. Is it not right? It is suggested during pregnancy. Right. So I was like, nope, you are, you are, uh, you're, if I know more than you about exercise and pregnancy, this is not a good fit. Um, and I understand that, that I am not the typical patient in terms of knowing more about nutrition and fitness than probably the average pregnant woman or the average, just patient in general. I do get that, but I, I ended up switching doctors, uh, like I said, about halfway through. Cause I was like, that's just not a good fit. No, no, um, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know so many women going through pregnancy who are like, back squatting like oh yeah a month before they're due like with they have the huge a huge belly and they got like 135 on their back just hitting it for oh, reps hit me and, <laughs> yeah like right <laughs> yeah but and, and so one of the things that like that that i see so many people do like i get on my q a's a lot and it's it's i think it's crazy is how how many people during pregnancy are trying to continue to lose weight and their whole mindset around it's warped. They, they like, I'll get a yeah. question like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, six weeks pregnant, but I still want to lose more weight. So what should I do? And I'm like, stop fucking trying to lose weight. Like yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You, I, one, thank you for refocusing me. Cause I went on a totally different tangent. Oh, you are good. That I ended love, up I love not being favorite. about weight loss anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I get those Q and a questions, I'm like, you got to shift your focus. Like yeah. I, I know, I know it's not your favorite thing to hear that now you got to put your weight loss goals on hold and that, you know, you're not going to be focused on weight loss for at least the next year. Um, but it it can't be, you know, you have to be able to shift your mindset to making sure that your child, 
your mm-hmm. baby, the life that is growing inside of you is getting everything that they yep. need. And they can't possibly get everything they need if you are intentionally starving yourself. Yep. And I think that's that's the way, and it sounds so kind of harsh and blunt, but it's the way that we have to pose it to women because we forget that dieting is controlled starvation, right? Like you are literally starving your body with intentionally eating less than your body needs to maintain its current weight for the purpose of fat loss. And so there's absolutely like an ego thing that Mm -hmm. has to be put aside um, because you can't be growing a baby and starving yourself simultaneously. It's not, it doesn't sound healthy. It's not healthy. I understand um, being overweight and wanting to minimize your weight gain. I think that's, um, a lot different than, Hey, I want to still lose weight during pregnancy. I think those are very different mindsets. Um, ultimately I have not tracked macros at all during pregnancy. I was very like, I want to take a pretty intuitive approach to pregnancy and that, Uh, if I am vomiting all day, every day, which was my first trimester, like I'm not going to get much down. And so I had a lot of food aversions, for instance, my first trimester where the, the worst protein and vegetables were my biggest food. And I was like, no, (laughs) you get pregnant and you're like, I'm going to be so healthy. And this baby's going to get so many veggies and so many nutrients. And you're like, gagging at the smell of broccoli, like throwing up my husband's cooking ground turkey and I'm throwing up at the smell of it. It was tragic. Um, but you know, at that point, my goal was just, I just got to get calories in. Like yeah. it doesn't even matter where it's coming from at this point. I've probably eaten 400 calories today. Cause I can't get anything down. Like, I don't care if I eat a box of crackers, yeah. I just got to get some Something. calories in for this baby. So yeah. I just kind of have taken a much more intuitive approach where if I am hungry, I am eating. And if I want to eat a whole ass watermelon, because that's what my body's feeling like that day, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were other foods that, that I even reintroduced. Like I was having a really hard time getting protein in like, uh, like chicken and Turkey and things like that. Um, and so I reintroduced dairy, which is something that I haven't had in a few years, um, reintroduced dairy. Cause I was like, if I could get it down and it doesn't bother me, I just opened up a new realm of like right. yogurt and cottage cheese and whey protein in my oatmeal and like just ease. Right. And so I, I slowly reintroduced dairy and it actually ended up working out really awesome. well, which is quite common in pregnancy. Uh, um, even people that are like gluten-free dairy free tend to reintroduce foods during pregnancy and not have a negative reaction. Hmm. Um, so side little snippet there, your immune response is lowered when you're pregnant so that your body doesn't actually fight and attack the baby. So you by default have a lowered immune response, uh, when you're pregnant. And so a lot of people that are, um, gluten-free, dairy-free, even women that are like, uh, have Hashimoto's or autoimmune diseases, they typically feel really good during pregnancy because they have a lowered immune response. Um, so their body's not, not attacking things the way they normally would. Um, so dairy and gluten were both reintroduced during pregnancy (laughs) and, uh, and have felt good, you know, and have allowed me to get in more nutrients. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I see, I see a lot of like, either the women that I work with or that I just talk to on Instagram or whatever. I, I, I feel like everyone still like leans towards that still like, like the old school all or nothing approach, right? Where they're like, well, if I can't focus on hardcore fat loss during pregnancy, I'm going to just 
gain way like eat potato chips and fucking ice cream all day versus I think yeah. people forget the concept of like, of like, if you do pregnancy, right. And not try to gain or lose weight, try to keep, keep exercising for your overall health, getting really good foods for the baby post pregnancy, post breastfeeding, when it is appropriate to start losing weight, it's so much fucking easier. You build a platform that is so much nicer to lose fat from versus just like, let's see how many bags of potato chips a day I can eat Mm -hmm. because fuck it. Yeah, there's absolutely, I I think this is starting to get a little bit better now, but I still hear these terms used of like, you're eating for two. You are not in any way eating for two. And I want to make that super clear for people. Like if my TDE is 2000 calories, which I'm sure it's much higher now, but for example, sake, let's say it's 2000 calories eating for two would mean I'm eating 4,000 calories a day. That would be so, so excessive um, for me. And it's a very old school thought of like, you're eating for two. And um, now uh, what they're teaching in like pre and postnatal courses and such is that it's really anywhere from like two to 400 calories Mm -hmm. extra, maybe 500 calories extra, depending on what trimester you're in. So when you think about like 200 extra calories and you're sitting there like throwing it down because you're like, I'm eating for two, baby, let's eat a whole pizza tonight. Like not even one extra piece of pizza. One extra piece of pizza is more than 200 calories. You know what I mean? Like 200 calories is, is nothing, you know, it's, it's really not all that much. You're talking about a a snack, not even a meal, a granola Um, bar. Yeah. Literally like a nature (laughs) Valley bar. Maybe I don't even think you could get a quest bar in for 200 (laughs) calories. So it's really not as much as people think. Um, so I think that's really important to keep in mind. And, and again, taking, you know, we have clients that, do track macros during pregnancy. Um, and we have clients that take a more, you know, intuitive route during pregnancy. And I would urge people to do what, what is best for them there. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like for me, macros was, uh, it felt counterintuitive to sure. me just kind of wanting to honor my body during this time. Mm-hmm. And like, if I was hungry, eat, And if I wanted a piece of pizza, I'd have it. Um, but also the majority of the time I'm going to eat the way I was eating pre-pregnancy, which was having plenty of protein and making sure I'm having carbs pre and post workout and having vegetables and fruits with, you know, nearly all of my meals. Um, so I, I think that if you're, uh, going into pregnancy and you have been health conscious pre-pregnancy, it's important to still keep that. Um, but don't be, don't be fooled by the misconception of eating for two or feeling like you have to gain all this weight or you need to gain all this weight. Um, and also don't feel bad. Like if you do gain right, right, right. Weight. You're like, literally creating a child. Yeah, you are growing a human. You are growing a human. Um, and that's, you know, that's come along with at least me sharing that experience. It's come along with those Q and a questions of like, how do you deal with like body image during mm. pregnancy? Like, how do you deal with your body growing and changing during pregnancy? And I'm like, one, it's expected yep. Two, it's purposeful mm-hmm. and three, it's temporary. Mm -hmm. So when you can say, okay, I know that this is going to happen. I know that this needs to happen. And I know it's only going to happen for a short time. 
I think that there's a kind of an incredible mindset shift there of like, this is not forever. Mm -hmm. And this is also something that I've been wanting my entire life, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know that that's maybe not everyone's scenario, but this is something I've wanted forever. You know, since I'm a little girl, I was excited to be a mom and have a baby and, and everything else. So I personally have really enjoyed pregnancy and I know that's not everyone's experience, um, but I think it's, it's just really important to recognize that this chapter is temporary and purposeful mm-hmm. and expected, and it's okay that you're going to gain some weight and it won't be impossible to lose it <laughs> once the baby is born. Um, but you just have to kind of take, take each of these chapters, you know, one step at a time. Sure. Well, I mean, I think if I remember right, you had a post somewhat recently about how, you appreciate your body now having yeah. a, a, you know, a small pumpkin inside of it, like, <laughs> like now yeah. more than, more than ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I have a greater level of, uh, self-confidence mm-hmm. and I feel more empowered than ever by yeah. my body. Strangely, because I'm like, how freaking cool is this? Like I'm growing a human in me. Like there's just, I mean, I've always been, I'm yeah. sure as a coach, you feel like this too. Like we have just such a different appreciation for the yeah. body. I think as, as coaches and um, I'm not sure like what, what your background is, is in, if you like studied nutrition or mm-hmm. exercise at all, but um, I studied exercise science because I was always Same. fascinated by, by the body. My master's physiology is amazing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so pregnant physiology, you start learning about, you know, why, certain symptoms are happening, you know, Mm -hmm. why you have a superhuman sense of smell or like why that line on your belly gets dark or, you know, why X, Y, and Z symptom happens. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's literally a reason for all of those things. You know, they're all like these primal biological Mm -hmm. reasons. And so I've just been so uh, wowed and fascinated by pregnancy that it's only made me grow a deeper appreciation Mm -hmm. um, for what my body can do during this time. And so you know, fat loss and what my body looks like right now, or the weight gain or what the scale says, all of that has truthfully been the farthest thing from my mind, because like, it just, it just doesn't matter right now. Like my focus is growing a healthy baby and delivering a healthy baby, um, and keeping myself healthy for that baby. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, regardless of, you know, what, what the scale says or, or what the doctor says about my weight or whatever else. Like I know that I am doing everything that I can and should be doing for this pregnancy. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Well, it's, it's one of the things that, that I noticed while you were saying that is it reminded me of a, of something a mentor of mine always says, say, he says that it's not the events in our lives that define us. It's the meanings we attach to them. And in this whole time during like where someone might say, wow, I, I hate the way I look. I hate the way I feel I'm bigger than ever. And they assign all these negative meanings to this event of pregnancy. You've gone and assigned nothing but fantastic serving you reasons to them. And then all of a sudden you wonder why your experience is fantastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And, and, you know, I, I, Again, I, I try to be very sensitive to everyone's experience because I know there are people that hate pregnancy <laughs> and, um, and that has not been my experience, but I also think that that was intentional. I don't think it was an accident. Like you're, right. like you're saying here, I don't think it was an accident that I loved pregnancy and I've chosen to enjoy pregnancy. Did I enjoy barfing my brains out the first 16 <laughs> weeks? 
Of course not. It sucked. Yeah. The nausea was awful. I still sometimes get nausea and terrible heartburn. And there are symptoms that are associated with pregnancy that are freaking annoying and yeah. you're not used to. And I'm not used to being tired. Like I'm not someone that walks around tired. And so having more fatigue is, is annoying. Um, but there are so many other incredible things happening that it's like, well, why would I focus on like m- the annoyance of heartburn mm-hmm. when I could focus on like, oh my gosh, did, did you hear, you know, <laughs> did kick. you husband, yeah. right? Brand, <laughs> did you, did you see that kick? Look how, look how strong that was. She's getting so strong. You know, there's so many other exciting parts of it that it's like, I, yeah, yeah. I'm carrying a little bit more body fat than usual. Yep. I have more cellulite than usual, but like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like who cares? Who yeah. cares? I'm growing a human. Like that is my excuse. Yeah. I, that is my yeah, excuse. I'm growing it. a human. And, uh, and I'll worry about that when I'm ready to mm-hmm. get back to a fat loss phase after I have a baby, after I'm fully recovered, mm-hmm. after my pelvic floor is healthy enough to return to weightlifting, um, and after I'm healed and recovered, you know, even that's going to be a process that sure. you don't want to jump the gun on. That, that's funny. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's where I was wanting to transition next is like, okay, you've had the baby because this is what I see all the time. Uh, mama has the baby. Everything's dope. But like, let's say she gives birth on Sunday. She is ready to fucking diet, work out, and start cutting calories on Wednesday. And it's Ugh. like, hold the fucking yeah. phone. We will actually sometimes turn clients away. Like, we'll we'll get people that apply and they're like, hey, I'm two weeks postpartum. Can Same. I like sign Same. up? And we're like... Uh, you're not even cleared to exercise till like six to eight weeks at minimum. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to do that with you yet. And so we will sometimes offer to people, Hey, we can do nutrition only. Yep. We can't program for you yet. Cause you're not cleared to exercise. Your pelvic floor is not in a good place yet. Like we, we let's not do exercise. We can do nutrition only coaching. However, understand that we are not putting you in a deficit right now. You are recovering. You are, let's say breastfeeding. We don't want milk supply to suffer. And if we immediately throw you into a deficit, your milk supply is going to suffer. And then that means your baby is not maybe getting what they need. If, if your goal is to breastfeed, um, you know, then, then they're not getting what they need. And so we just kind of set very stern expectations from the start of like, look, we are more than happy to work with you postpartum, but understand we are not immediately jumping into a deficit. Um, and what a lot of women will see is that postpartum, uh, when they get back to their eating and they get back to walk, they lose weight anyway the weight starts to just come off anyway. So much of it is, you know, we have to remember that our bodies do in terms of, um, in terms of weight gain during pregnancy, you know, so much more of the weight gain is not necessarily uh, baby, right? If you think about I've gained 30 pounds and the baby's only five pounds right now, you're like, whoa, what is everything else? Well, your placenta is another two to three pounds. Your amniotic fluid is another two to three pounds. Your blood volume in your body nearly doubles. You're holding an extra five pounds of just extra blood volume. Um, You tend to store a little bit more body fat, an extra Mm -hmm. five to 10 pounds of body fat for safety of the baby. Um, breast tissue, breast milk. These are all things that are making the scale go up. Your 
your uterus is double the size, <laughs> um, plus the baby, that's another seven or eight pounds. So after you give birth and, and okay, there's, there's eight pounds of the 30 yep. or 40 or whatever it is. But over time, as your body is regulating and your blood volume is coming down and your uterus is shrinking and all these other things that are happening, just like they happened when you were pregnant, they're going to, you know, regulate postpartum as well. And so a lot of times we see uh, weight decrease postpartum without even needing to yep. enter into, you know, any sort of deep, dark deficit. Um, so I would just really encourage people to like, let their body take its sort of natural course. And when you are fully recovered and fully healed and everything else, um, then, you know, you can come back to, uh, tracking and exercising and whatnot. But I still think that no one should be like jumping right into a deficit. Even if we say, Hey, okay, now you're, you know, three, four, five, six months postpartum. Cool. Let's start at maintenance and just see where that brings us. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with maintenance and getting back into the gym three days a week and walking every day. And let's see where that brings us. And mm-hmm. likely we're going to see body comp improvements with just that. Sure. No, I, I think that's, that's fantastic. And I, this, this is exactly why I wanted you to talk about this stuff. Cause I feel like there's a disconnect when I, a man who does not <laughs> own a uterus yep. talks about this. It's like, of course, you're going to say that you're a dumbass meathead. <laughs> but then it, but it's a whole different thing. Where it's like, Oh fuck. Joel literally has a child in her and this yep. is what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, and I, let me, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Uh, cause this, this even bleeds into outside of pregnancy. Why are people in such a hurry? Cause I think that's the big thing, right? Like people like, let's say pregnant and then as soon as the baby's gone or as soon as they have the baby, they're like fat loss phase, but even yeah. like not pregnant, it's like one of my favorite questions to ask struggling dieters when they, when, when they coach with us is, how many years have you been trying to lose weight as fast as possible? And they go, fuck forever. Right. So it's, but like from, I know this is a little bit tangenty, but like for you, why do you think that is? Uh, from a pregnancy standpoint, I think that there is kind of like, we, we all talk about diet culture, right. And that there's this, there's pressure to look a certain way and there's this pressure to look fit and this pressure to have abs or be lean or whatever else. And I think in pregnancy fitness health world, there is a pressure to bounce back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, uh, women more often than not are concerned with what they look like during pregnancy and they feel uncomfortable in their bodies during pregnancy and they've gained more weight during pregnancy. And I think they, you know, they accept it in the sense of, okay, I'm growing this child. So I have to do what has to be done. And then they give birth and they're like, great. I have, I have my body to myself now, as in, I'm not sharing it with anyone anymore. Um, now I want to get back to, you know, to, to the grind, if you will. Um, and so I think that there's a, I think part of it is a societal pressure of, feeling like you need to prove that you bounced back or feeling like you need to prove how strong you are, that you Mm -hmm. had a baby and now you're back in the gym. I think there's a a societal piece there, but I also think that there's just a lot of pressure that women are placing on themselves um, where they didn't maybe enjoy pregnancy or they didn't enjoy how they looked during Mm -hmm. pregnancy. And now they feel like, okay, postpartum baby's finally out. I can get back 
to, to myself. I can get back to working on me. And, uh, I think it's important for, for women to understand that you can work on you and you can work on improvements and getting stronger and improving body composition without having to like diet yourself down into yeah. oblivion, especially postpartum. And that's such, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I love all of that. That's, that's why I, this is exactly why I wanted <laughs> to have you on here. I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad. Is, the, is there yeah. is there any other uh, pregnancy? I know this might be way open ended, but outside of like we've already busted through a lot of them. Is there any other big uh, pregnancy weight loss myths or uh, misunderstandings that are really prevalent that you've seen? You know, like like we've talked about like all the ones we've talked about so far. But is there any other big ones that that you've seen that that most women have twisted? Um, I think two kind of things. One in reference to weight gain and weight loss, uh, one would not recommend weight loss during pregnancy. It's, it's very common actually in your first trimester that people lose a little bit of weight because they're usually so sick or so sure. nauseous and they, if they can't get something down, the baby at that point is literally the size of a poppy seed. So like mm -hmm. doctors are not concerned about like, <laughs> she's not getting what she needs right. uh, because it's like a bunch of cells, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's so tiny at that point. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's kind of part one is you might see a little bit of weight loss in your first uh, trimester, usually unintentionally. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's important to remember that there, like I said before, is no one size fits all to weight loss or weight gain. Uh, we kind of have rough estimates and rough averages, um, about that weight gain. And, and some people might gain more. Some people might gain less. You might carry differently. Your belly might be a, sh a different shape than someone else. Um, but right now, uh, and this is kind of, you know, a, a BMI tangent, but right now the recommendations from the Institute of medicine are, you know, if you're underweight, uh, you know, and, and your BMI is under 18 and a half, then you should gain anywhere from 28 to 40 pounds. And if you're normal weight, you know, which is a BMI of like 18 and a half to like mm -hmm. 25 ish, um, you know, gain 25 to 35 pounds. And so there's kind of like these arbitrary. Sure. recommendations, but we know in the fitness community that those BMI numbers can be so grossly oh inaccurate. Gosh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure you're like obese on a BMI scale because yep. you have muscle. Yep. Um, and so, you know, when we're basing something off BMI, I don't think BMI is entirely useless, but right. I, I think in, in the health and fitness industry, um, for, you know, a fit crowd and, and men and women that are more, uh, muscularly dense and, and are more athletic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that BMI is, is not necessarily a good thing to rely mm -hmm. on in terms of that, that pregnancy weight gain. So understand, you know, for any women that are listening that if your doctor says, oh, we don't want you to gain more than 20 pounds or whatever, they're just going by your BMI chart. Just tell them to get fucked. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's just kind of important to keep that in mind. You know, we know that, uh, BMI tends to be less accurate for, mm -hmm. for fitness, you know, goers, gym goers, athletes. Yeah. Um, it's just a height and weight chart. It's a measure mm -hmm. of height and weight. So it's not typically it's, it's not accurate for if the body, if the baby's getting enough nutrients, it's nope. not accurate for how much body fat you have or how much muscle you have, or what your bone density is like, or your overall body composition. Um, so I think that's just kind of important to keep in mind there. Um, and then just in reference to other myths, Jared, I'd love to also just mention some of the benefits of pregnancy and exercise. 
Um, you know, we know that it is safe to exercise during pregnancy. And we also have to remember that the sole purpose of exercise is not weight loss. Oh, oh, right there. Oh my God. Imagine that we actually don't just exercise, um, to burn calories. We don't just exercise to, uh, to lose weight. And so I have exercised my entire pregnancy, never with intention of weight loss. Um, but because I know one, I would lose my mind if I stopped going to the gym during pregnancy. Uh, but two, we know that it's actually healthy now. Um, and, uh, and so now what's being recommended, um, is, uh, just kind of reinforcing the guidelines. I think the last update from the ACOG was in 2018, uh, which reinforced the prior recommendations of at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise during pregnancy and postpartum, um, encourage pe- encouraging people to spread that 150 minutes throughout the week, not all in one day. <laughs> um, and it used to be believed also, I think this is important. It used to be believed that you can keep up with whatever you're doing, but don't start exercising for the first time during sure. pregnancy. And now that has actually been reneged. And they're saying, actually, if you've never exercised before, it would still be safe to start in exercise routine. So I love that. So even if you are someone that has not really worked out and you are wanting to have a healthy pregnancy, like start walking every Mm -hmm. day, start, you know, doing, doing a few exercises at at the gym, um, start doing some body weight squats at home. Maybe you're not even comfortable going to the gym, go get some resistance bands. Like it would be perfectly safe for you to, um, start and introduce exercise. Um, as long as you have a normal low risk pregnancy and certainly anyone can ask their doctor if they are, uh, you know, high risk for whatever Mm -hmm. reason you you would know, um, you wouldn't be like, Hey doc, am I high risk? Like you would know your doctor would be talking to you about this on, on all at all of your appointments. Um, but just some of the benefits of exercise during pregnancy that we know at this point, Obviously we can still improve general fitness. Um, I am not uh, necessarily going for PRs in the gym, but I have, (laughs) but I have gotten stronger. Like I shoulder press every week and I've added weight to my shoulder press, not because I'm trying to PR, but because I'm doing them so dang much and I'm adding a little bit of volume. Um, and so my shoulder press has gotten stronger. And so we see improved general fitness. We know that it strengthens the heart and the blood vessels. Um, a lot of what we see during pregnancy is women in pain because mm-hmm. their, uh, their, their abdominals are stretching, right? We, we get a very weak core. We know that that weak core can sometimes contribute to back pain. Mm-hmm. So when we are exercising and we're keeping a strong back or a strong core, we are improving uh, typically upon that pain because we're able to better support our changing body and our, nope. our, our baby that we are growing. Um, we also know exercise is great for digestion. We know exercise is great for, uh, uh, digestive capacity and, um, constipation, which are Mm -hmm. both things that people typically deal with when they're pregnant, you know, exercise is good for motility. Um, we've seen that exercise can also decrease our risk of gestational diabetes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. people that work out are less likely to have blood sugar issues and gestational diabetes during their pregnancy. Um, we see lower risk of preeclampsia, lower risk of, uh, gestational hypertension. Um, we see better weight control as well. Again, not the main point of Mm -hmm. exercise, (laughs) but we do see better weight control when women are exercising during pregnancy. 
Um, we actually also, this is very interesting, see reduced levels of C-sections um, really? and increased incidences of vaginal deliveries. Yeah. Wow. Um, which is very interesting. So another thing to keep in mind um, and can also be great for just, I mean, all, all the things that exercise is already great for yeah. our, our lungs, our bone density, all of that is still happening during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, women tend to get really like out of breath because baby can be pushing up into like diaphragm and lungs. Yep. And so keeping up with exercise can, you know, make sure that our cardiovascular endurance is, is better and typically makes for an, an easier not always, but easier labor and delivery in the sense that you are better equipped in terms of fitness to handle pushing yep. for a long period of time or being in pain or holding yourself up for longer. Um, so for anyone that's kind of shying away from exercise during pregnancy, understand that it can be really, really yeah. helpful for Just both <laughs> you and baby. Yes. Both mom and baby. I love yeah. that. Joel, this has been so good. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people find you? Learn about coaching the whole nine yards. Sure, absolutely. So uh, mostly, I'm on Instagram. Not cool enough for the TikTok kids, although Rico will yell at me about that. Um, oh but uh, mostly on Instagram. So Joel Samantha, you can always find me there. Uh, my coaching company is Level Ten Coaching, uh, and so the Instagram is is that as well. Or you can go to Level Ten Coaching Co. Uh, we have a staff of about 10 coaches. So we have, you know, registered dietitians, pre and postnatal specialists, uh, exercise scientists and strength and conditioning coaches, the whole shebang. So pretty much someone for everybody. I love that. Um, but yeah, so you could find us, uh, for coaching or you can just go follow and get loads of free content anyway. <laughs> love that. Yeah, you have absolutely amazing content, by the Thank way. You. Like, that's, that's awesome. Thanks. Wonderful. Thank you so much for, the, for doing this, Joelle. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I am sorry it took so long to uh, to get this out, um, but I should be back in the swing of things. I'm going to do uh, a little bit better job at being consistent with these episodes. Um, but otherwise, thank you again so much for sticking around to the whole thing. Be sure and check out the link uh, below in the bio or the description. I got a lot of cool stuff down there for you. Uh, I got like my free course. I've got a lot of new updates and things like that. Um, but otherwise, be sure and follow Joelle and check out all of her stuff. I'll leave those links below as well. And I will talk to you next time.